Welcome to 5 Strike Weekly. Two results over the week, we break down each match and preview the big one over the weekend. All that and more, coming up. Welcome to the show, 5 Strike Fam. I'm AJ and this is Mark. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern, a cozy Decatur neighborhood pub. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu. To go, check out Thinking Man Tavern. Follow our Twitch for watch-alongs on match days on twitch.tv slash ATLUTDFanTV. So let's get to it. Into the match review, the 4-0 win against DC United on Saturday night at Audi Fields. Definitely not the house of horrors that we thought it was going to be, for sure. And yeah, uh, I mean, you know, John Gallagher brace, uh, Lennon with a couple of assists and a ridiculous just blast into the top bins. And then an Adam John header. I mean, all in all, a very good night against DC United. What really probably... uh, you know, maybe could have been a little bit closer uh, in some respects as, you know, they probably, they're reeling uh, much worse than we are, I would say. And, uh, you know, right. if they had been a little bit more clinical, it would have been a way different type of scoreline. Uh, mm-hmm. But also, I mean, I think we were able to, you know, conversely be clinical and uh, really take advantage of a side that's uh, not only struggling, but, I mean... The fact that Ben Olsen is still their coach, like we were talking about uh, in our match preview and also uh, in the match preview with uh, Between Clean Sheets, Cheyenne, it's uh, it's perplexing how they still, I mean, the biggest gaffe in the game, I mean, I think we, we almost have to lead off with this, is that, you know, Russell Canoose, uh, who wasn't on the team sheet, he was subbed in in the second half. And, I mean, that's... That's almost like, you know, head coach 101, whether he writes the team sheet or not, because sometimes it's the assistant coaches and whatnot. But, uh, I mean, that's ridiculous. And he was trying to get Stephen Glass uh, to just, oh, let's move on. Let's just play the game. Uh, But there should have been a red card. There should have been, they should have been down to 10 men. I mean, that's, uh, I think, what we understand from the letter of the law. But, uh, yeah, what are your takeaways from the match? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there should have been. So, just to touch on that real quick, uh, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about it again. But mm-hmm. um, there should have been some sort of penalty, right? Like either a red card, either to dock to substitution, um, or according to FIFA bylaws, like the match should have been forfeited. I mm-hmm. mean, like I know that you know leagues don't necessarily follow every single FIFA law, but it's it's weird though that like. It's like you can you can Google it, you can search it. Like uh, Pablo Mara, like a couple of days after the game, you know, posted that straight off of FIFA's website. Like you play an ineligible player, that match becomes a forfeit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know like it was unprecedented in terms of MLS. I mean, head ref was literally on the phone with uh, the pro organization, um, and I guess they they told them to just you know. Go ahead. I or you know, I guess that was the. Uh, it, it was like a mitigation, damage mitigation type of solution, basically. You know, like um, I guess there was a little bit of saving face. You know, not wanting to stop the match right then and there. Uh, but pretty silly, pretty silly overall. Um, the match itself. I mean, not too many complaints. Um, getting that early goal certainly helps, uh, you know, and like we talked about in the, during the match and on the fan cam, it's how it came about and it came about with direct play. And so, you know, I think overall, what you saw from this match was framework for, for how, uh, Atlanta United can approach future matches, um, you know, in terms of. Especially in, in terms of an attack and in general, how you know how to manage the game. Um, I think the key period of the match was between the first and the second goal because second goal comes towards the end of the half, and I thought it was key that uh, we didn't concede in that time. Uh, right. You know, if I think that moment was probably uh, the most competitive moment of the match. Um, you know, their DC certainly could have scored. They had a couple looks. Uh, but they weren't able to convert. And so it looks like it's going to be 1-0 heading into halftime until 
uh, Brooks Lennon blasted into the top corner. So, um, and then, you know, 2-0 then, it, it, I, I don't want to say the game becomes easy, but it's certainly a lot more manageable when you're up 2-0 because then the other team has to attack and that gives you more room to uh, to counter them. So, um, yeah, I mean, good performance from Atlanta overall. Um he sees the Shambhala side. They obviously have a lot going on. It is shocking. It is shocking to me that Ben Olsen is still DC United's coach. I do not understand how that can be the case. You yeah. know, like this is why, like one of the things I always say as a fan is I'd rather be the team that lets a go that lets a coach go too soon rather than, you know, holding on too long. And like I think it's well past the point of uh, Ben Olsen needing to be let go by DC. Yeah, that's spoken, just my take. Yeah, spoken well as a Chelsea fan. Uh, who, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's that might have something to do with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely a lot of uh, turnover in the the Chelsea management department. But uh, but I mean, sometimes it's a good thing, and it's obviously worked out for Chelsea uh, frequently. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the whole malaise that you know ben olsen has pretty much brought you know uh dc united to it's it's really interesting but back to your point about uh you know it being two nil and it was rather easy to a regard uh, i mean a lot of a lot of people kind of regard two nil as one of the most dangerous score lines in soccer uh but for us i mean because dc was just really just not uh much of a danger after that it it really was much easier but uh, because sometimes, yeah, I mean, you know, once it gets to 2-1, then, you know, it could have been a much different story than we would have been fighting for our lives for the rest of the game, uh, you know, and then we would have been trying to either, uh, you know, maybe score that third goal or uh, set up shop. But, you know, luckily we were able to be clinical. And these goals, I mean, just, uh, I think, yeah, the dynamic between all of them is, I think, wonderful um you know you have the first one where john gallagher uh you know he makes a smart run clever uh to you know really get uh you know to the to the box in a really timely fashion and put away that ball really clinically um you know the, the second one where lennon you know just individual skill there a little bit and uh who knew he had that left foot like that that's right. uh whew. Highly, yeah. highly accurate uh, to the top bins, and then that third goal, just the the team goal. I mean, we all love to see it, but uh, just the interplay, and you know, lo and behold, it's it's Emerson Hyman, uh, kind of between all of that, uh, who's a big part of getting the ball finally to Gallagher, who takes that final touch away from Bill Hamid and puts it away with his left foot. I mean, it's just beautiful mm. chef's kiss indeed yeah. on that <laughs> and then adam john you know yeah. just a classic uh big man target man uh header uh from across from lennon and you know this is uh i think uh i think the different types of goals that we can score uh and it's great to see that we can actually pull it off uh albeit against the bottom dwelling team in the eastern conference but still you know you got to play what's in front of you and uh you know, we did it. We uh, we definitely put them to the sword, and you know, it's uh, it's I think good, uh, not only optics wise, but also I think from a performance standpoint that we were able to to pull this off. I think we, yeah, not only uh, was it in scoreline, but everything else, we pretty much thoroughly dominated DC United. Uh, besides, I guess possession, which I think at that point, you know, we. We were okay with, uh, you know, just being more direct, letting them have it a little bit. But, um, you know, because right now it still is. Uh, yeah, we scored four goals, but Ezekiel Barco didn't play again. That, that was the fourth straight match at that point. Uh, there's still something missing in the middle of the park for us. Uh, definitely, it seems, because, you know, creation from there, maybe not so much. I think it's more maybe more from the wings. Uh, and then, you know, of course, the team goal, that's... A little bit more from the interplay but yeah we uh we definitely need to be able to shore that up and you know start to get some more of uh you know that type of dynamic within our play but uh who's your who's your man of the match you think 
Yeah, it's got to be Brooks Lennon for me, you know, and I mentioned, uh, you know, just now, like, of having a framework. I think certainly attacks down the right, and we'll get to this in the next match as well. Um, but there definitely seems to be, we definitely seem to be strong going down the right, especially with Brooks Lennon there. Um, I thought his delivery was, deliveries were really good, you know, obviously. Um, the goal was excellent. Um, and, yeah, I mean, like, it, it just, uh, I think... In this particular match, I thought he was a uh, standout. Um, and I'm glad you mentioned Hyman as well in terms of that third goal, because I think, you know, we, we've kind of wondered, like, what exactly is Hyman's strength? And I think it's in the final third, you know? I think that's where he's most comfortable. I think that interplay is, like, really what he wants to do, what he likes to do. He saw that on that third goal. And so, um, you know, I think these are things that you can build on going into future matches. But uh, obviously, Gallagher deserves uh, deserves a big shout. You know, he um, I think what he brings in terms of uh, just that aggressiveness and directness. You know, being an outlet as well. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, but I, I think just to, to answer your question, I think that it is Brooks Lennon who is uh, who is the standout performer in this match for me. Yeah, and it's definitely, yeah, the, you know, the other two that you mentioned uh, had good matches as well. Emerson Hyman had two assists, uh, Gallagher had two goals, um, but yeah, I mean, when you, essentially, I think Lennon, you know, he not only had the, the goal, the two assists, he had four key passes, uh, five accurate crosses, I mean, you know, just throughout the his, his line, it's just, uh, he did it all, I mean, he was you know, while winning his dribbles, he was uh, clearing the ball, tackling. I mean, he he was doing it, and uh, definitely his best match for us, indeed. Albeit, yeah. yes, again against a, a side that's uh, you know not at all one of the best in the league for sure. But you know, it's a uh, you know what you you want to see is building on these type of performances. Uh, now, yeah, he might not get you know these type of numbers every single match. But uh, you know, I think there are, he has been much maligned, so it's it's good to praise him as well when he is doing well for us. Um, but you know, I think it's also it's a statement against uh, you know what some have uh, maybe termed him as the Julian Gressel replacement. And where was Julian Gressel? It's I mean he wasn't really um, much visible in this in this uh, this game very much. And, um, I mean, he came off the bench, which yeah. I thought was very surprising. Exactly. And he's been, uh, yeah, benched for the past two matches. Uh, so it seems like maybe maybe it's a statement from Ben Olsen to him to maybe to get him to wake up a little bit, but uh, to maybe not be so, I guess, uh, you know, uh, complacent maybe. But it is uh, obviously, yeah, I mean, I think Brooks Lennon is already having a better year in, you know, that respect where both these teams aren't really having good years so uh, mm-hmm. if we're going to compare them you know at least we're going to at least show that but uh, again though I don't think really any of these players that come in should be directly compared uh, to these uh, players because they all I think bring different qualities so it's a right. little bit unfair at times for uh, you know for teams to do that but <coughs> excuse me I apologize apologize uh, there's like a frog in my throat this uh this <coughs> this episode but um so <coughs> excuse me uh so let's get into the post-match quotes and uh Stephen Glass <coughs> oh my god I just have to cut this out okay whoo <coughs> it's still in there it's just like Okay. Hope you're okay. Yeah, thank you. Okay, three, two. So let's get into the post-match quotes from Stephen Glass. He said uh, on that performance, he said, I think from the start of the game, there was a stronger focus from our side. It looked like there was a bigger determination not to lose a goal. Obviously, we bore the fruits of that early in the game. From there, we find ourselves up uh, instead of down, and the team grew in confidence from that. Then they built on that throughout the night. The players thoroughly deserve everything they got tonight. So, yeah, I think that's, you know, a great point as well is where, 
Well, you know, we didn't concede early, and that's been one of our Achilles throughout the season. And when we don't do that, well, we can start to build on it. And that's excellent to see is that, you know, the, the team grew in confidence after that. But, um, yeah, John Gallagher, uh, he spoke about uh, the the two goals that he scored. Uh, he said like, if he had a favorite goal of the ones, he said, I don't know. They were both nice in their own way. The first, obviously, just to help the team kind of get off the, the pressure off our back. You know, we conceded a lot in the first 10, 15 minutes of the game. So in the locker room, we had Brad, Jeff, saying that let's put the pressure on them right away. And we did that. He went on to say other things, but I think, uh, yeah, they put the, I think, focus on that. And that's super important. Uh, I think moving forward, that's something that the team really does need to do is to be switched on early in the match. Uh, and then you can really, I think, you know, make some things happen from there. So, anyway, uh, let's wrap a bow on that match and get us to the match review against Orlando City. It was a nil-nil draw on Wednesday night. And, I mean, it's, you know, uh, Orlando are nine undefeated at that point. It's, uh, you know, they're in really, really good form. We are coming in probably mostly just looking to keep it level, keep it keep it for a draw, and uh, you know that would be a positive result. Although a lot of people are saying you know this is a must win for us. This was a game that uh, you know we needed to take advantage of them resting some players, Nani Miller on the bench, but still Ezekiel Barco. And, then, fits. and they also had. Sorry, they just—they also had uh, players um, missing on international duty, like Moutinho. Um, there were a couple of others I mentioned as well. But yeah, this was definitely close to a beat team for Orlando City. Right. And yeah, and their their keeper. Uh, yeah, it was right. you know uh, their backup as well. And so uh, yeah, for us, you know, Ezekiel Barco missed his fifth straight match with the mysterious knock that he has. Uh, Hosetsu didn't play. We don't have any DPS on the field again. So. You know, it definitely really was, I think, a lot closer than it. It's really our B team against their B team. I mean, whether they're starting more regularly or not in terms of ours, it's a different story. So, you know, uh, I think it played out to, I think, what we would probably expect mostly when you look at the two sides on uh, on paper. And so, you know, uh, a little bit where it's, I think, though, Orlando probably had the better chances of the match. Uh, yep. They weren't as clinical as they probably wanted to be. They hit crossbars, posts. They, yeah, it's uh, uh, Zan, you know, stood on his head and did very well. Uh, that double save uh, was definitely very, very crucial in keeping us in the match. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, super, yeah. yeah, super crucial. He had a uh, season high six saves, uh, and it was his fifth clean sheet of the season. But uh, yeah, we'll take the positives, I think. You know, second yeah. clean sheet in a row and uh, third in the last four matches. You know, it's it's something that, you know, we can build on these clean sheets because that's mm -hmm. a confidence builder for sure. What were your uh, what were your takeaways from this match? Yeah, so uh, I was at work last night, so I didn't get to see the match live. Um, I did look on my, uh, my app to see the results and then I saw that Guzan was mad at the match so I thought okay yeah you know like I, I had in my head I had an idea of how it played out but what I will say though is um, LA United have some chances as well I mean like uh, I think at the 8th minute thereabouts there was a cross from Bello that was just a little too high for John um, not long after that there was a, a cross from Lennon that almost reached Gallagher much like the first goal against DC United um, to the end of the half, um, you know, there was that, was there a penalty, was it not? There was contact there. Um, but that counterattack I really liked because Lennon picks up the ball on the right, Escobar bursts forward and takes a defender with him, and you essentially had runners and a defender on each runner, and that's how Lennon is able to find John over the top. And so, you know, I thought, I thought there were some good signs there for sure. Uh, there's a Miles Robinson header off of the set piece. There was an Anton walk shot off of a set piece as well. And I think that's something that I'd like to see Atlanta United uh, sort of add to their game is being able to capitalize off of set pieces, you know, yes. especially as, um, you know, we don't have DPs. And so we're having to approach the game a little bit differently. Um, that's some that's an area that I'd like us to be able to capitalize on in future matches. But 
um, you know, Guzan is certainly the busier keeper of the two, but Roe had to make some saves as well. And so um, I do think this was Orlando's match. I think that they're probably the more disappointed with the results. But um, but actually, I thought it was okay. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, they were they weren't even half chances of the the two first uh, things that you were talking about. But they were, I think, you know, if they had at least gotten onto uh, you know the player, it would have been a pretty good chance. And so yeah, there were I think, you know, maybe four uh, four half chances to a say uh, to a degree. That I think uh, would have you know kind of made it a little bit different, but ultimately, I mean, you know, it's a it's a game of inches, and really, it's uh, it's unfortunate like those didn't happen. I, I talked about it during the the Twitch stream that uh, that Gallagher um, or that Lennon to Gallagher um, ball in behind, kind of a cross. It was oh man, that that would have been a beautiful one because the amount of bends it was almost yes. there. It would have been a really beautiful goal if. Uh, he, you know, he was able to get on the end of it, but, um, but yeah, so it, it seemed like, yeah, I mean, I think mostly it's a pretty, um, you know, pretty attacking game, uh, as nil nils go. Um, mm-hmm. it wasn't drab per se, but it definitely was lacking quality, I would say. And that's where, um, you know, it's understandable from our end. It's understandable when, uh, they rest so many guys, although they eventually did bring them on, uh, Nani Miller. Um, and so, you know, that's like two straight matches that they have rested guys, uh, against us, which I think maybe shows the state of kind of, uh, both clubs at the moment a little bit, but also, you know, it's, uh, the, the fact that they maybe felt confident that they still could have gotten a, you know, a win against us in that sense. It's a it, it's it's a very uh, telltale of the times, unfortunately, right now. But it's also, <laughs> you know, um, you know, we'll, we'll take the positives of what we can get out of it at the moment because I think we are, I think, building and trending a little bit upwards. So it's uh, it's yeah. good to see. Uh, but still, largely, uh, you know, in terms of the stat-wise, Orlando, I think, pretty thoroughly dominated. Uh, you know, 15 shots to our nine, uh, shots on target six to our three. Uh, I believe, yeah, in the second half, we only had, uh, or just in general, we only had six chances created throughout the entire match, which is definitely not good enough. Um, you know, yeah. and so it's, uh, it's definitely, I think, you know, a little building block, a little bit. Um, it's definitely a reversal of type of, uh, you know, the, the fortunes that we have right now. But uh, I think a big thing also to talk about in this match is Franco Escobar. I mean, it's uh, unfortunately, I think we see the Franco Escobar of old a little bit in, uh, you know, where it's not the a little bit more disciplined one. It's the ill-disciplined where uh, he in a span of maybe two minutes very well could have been sent off. But somehow was kept on fortuitously. We will take it. (laughs) Absolutely. But uh, yeah, look, man. Uh, yeah. We, we, sorry. No, I mean, we, like we look, to be objective. Like we talk about the refereeing of this league way too much because we have to, right? right. Like going back to that DC match, um, there was the you know the snafu with the sub, and then there's the Yamila sock challenge, which yeah. I don't understand how that's not a red right away. I don't understand how VAR doesn't intervene, and then I don't understand how pro referee days after the game does not Don't address do that challenge mm-hmm. it's like ridiculous like that's a chop it's like seconds like three or four seconds after the ball is gone like what are you doing that's the type of challenge that can get players hurt and then yeah the match last night look escobar very well could have been sent off like that uh that it's in the first half i think the, the 37th minute is when that he goes in sliding late already on a yellow like a lot of refs, especially in other leagues, would have shown him a second yellow right then and there. Like, it doesn't matter if it's in the first half. There's something I complain about a lot, too. It's like, in the first half, it's almost like you're allowed to get away with light murder, you know? And so, um, <laughs> there's the, the challenge late on where they really were in the ref space trying to get him a second yellow. There's not as much contact, so it's like, mm, that's borderline. Yeah. But if, Escobar could have been gone if any contact, right. really. I mean, the, the Janssen right. one where, you know, he rolled around yeah. a little bit. It's like that right. should have been embellishment a little bit as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, where 
you know it's it's some it's a lot of shithousery going on yeah it's understandable but yeah and i I give credit to nani too because he eventually stepped in and was like you know telling her say to you know calm down focus on the game etc etc um so i do agree like that was a bit of shithousing but um yeah escobar is definitely on the on you know on a, a thin line, line. There. yeah for sure yeah yeah and I, uh, you know i think uh, i think his play overall was okay i thought he had some yeah. good defensive moments but it's yeah that's that you know when he's on the edge like that you worry for sure exactly i think everyone was on the edge and hoping that maybe he was subbed off uh and that's i think another big part of this match was uh a lot of fans calling for substitutions uh but that just didn't come i mean only two mm-hmm. substitutions in a midweek match uh and you know very interesting maybe perplexing to a degree mm-hmm. uh because dom did come on and then <clears throat> that's really it until the the 88th minute you know where uh you know it's it's not you know you you need probably a little bit more energy uh to maybe try to push on possibly but uh maybe to try to get into his head there thinking is it maybe because um you know he's trying to to win it with the guys on the field they look the most likely possibly but you know tyler wolf comes on at 89th minute and that's really it i mean just two subs Mm -hmm. but i think also yeah another moment that's super uh i think contentious in a way is adam john in the penalty box yeah. Uh, you know, pretty much he gets taken down and VAR looks at it and they're like, you know, it's not a it's not a foul in our eyes. He's already falling down uh, is what was uh, was said afterwards. And yeah, uh, if you look at it, he's he's foul. So <laughs> yeah, I think he's clipped. I think, yeah, yeah, his heel is clipped by the goalkeeper, but I guess it's just one of those where it's like it's not enough to overturn it, but mm, yeah. I, I feel I feel for him on that one. Right, because it wasn't necessarily called on the, the pitch in that that way immediately, and so it's just it, it's another case of just the refereeing obviously being annoying and uh, shambolic to a degree as well. But uh, it, it seems yeah, we talk about this every week. It's per the huge. So, you know, we just have to kind of <laughs> kind of deal with that. But, uh, you know, do we want to deal with that? No. But, uh, you know, it's just what we have to to do as uh, as fans in this league. But um, but in terms of, you know, uh, anything else in this match, like takeaway wise, final thoughts, like what, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, I'll just go back to Brooks Lennon. I thought that uh, a lot of our good moments came down the right side once again. Um, and I think in general, like I talked about after DC match having a framework, I do think you saw some of that. Um, obviously, Orlando is a better team. I think Orlando did a good job to fall back when they needed to. And so um, some of those attacks, I think, were just snuffed out. And, you know, there's not much you can do after that. Uh, but I... You know, I think that uh, especially with uh, as the lineup rotates, as it's going to have to, um, I do think that at least we have kind of uh, rebuilding an identity. So, um, so yeah, I like I like Lennon on the right. I think the combination of Lennon and Escobar uh, is good. Um, Bello is getting forward again, and um, you know, if he and uh, he and Gallagher seem to be with the chemistry as well. Um, and so you know, I think it's a matter now of working the other players in. You saw Jurgen Dom play, uh, so and you know he's another winger type. So that's, like, that's the strength of our team, I think, um, is that it's that pace down the wings. And so, yeah, I think that that's the biggest positive. I thought Mo Adams had a decent game as well. Um, you know, covering, uh, making simple passes. Um, so yeah, obviously the you like it, you like. See the team be a little more clinical, um, but uh, I think that this team can certainly get points going forward. Certainly enough points to make the playoffs, which is ultimately the goal right now. So. Right, and definitely, yeah, I think that's. Uh, let's talk about you know Mo Adams. Um, yeah, Stephen Glass had some uh, words to, to say about him after the match. Uh, he said, "I think Mo has been good in training. When you have a squad like we do, sometimes you have to wait your turn." Mo has been patient, has been waiting and training hard. I've also said it publicly that I leaned on Eric quite heavily, Eric Rometty, 
And I believe his performance level suffered based on how much I leaned on him. I think coming out of the team hopefully serves him well. And his performance will go back up to that we know it should should be and what Eric wants it to be. So that certainly explains a little bit maybe what Remedy, uh, you know, why he was not involved in this match. Maybe, you know, for the fatigue reasons, for the rest reasons. But um, it's interesting when he says when you have a squad like we do. I mean, I guess in numbers we do have a lot. But uh, I think maybe quality is maybe not where we want it to be, uh, definitely. And so... You know, I understand maybe what he's trying to get at, but it is uh, a head scratcher to a degree as well, where it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, I think most of us would think that, yeah, Rometty, while he's been inconsistent this season, uh, some cheap giveaways at times and uh, maybe not the, the energy levels that we totally usually expect from him. Uh, yeah, Mo Adams, you know, yeah, he was able to show a little bit uh, in this match, but you still... Yeah, you want more maybe from, uh, I think, you know, short passing side of his game instead of, yeah, mm -hmm. he was able to, you know, uh, long diagonals. He was uh, pretty decent at his range of passing has gotten a little bit better, but you still want to see him be able to keep it a little bit better than he has as well. But, mm -hmm. um, but anyway, I think uh, unless you have any more thoughts on the game, I think let's wrap that baby up as well. Yeah, good for me. Okay, but um, yeah, so let's get into the news. And uh, first up is that new boy Marcelino Moreno. He has been training individually, and he's also wearing number 10, replacing Piti Martinez's number there. But uh, the word is that the realistic target is October 10th. This is the next match against New York Rebels that he could make his debut. Not start, but probably just, you know, get a little bit of a run out. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't played a competitive match since March. He, uh, you know, has been training with Lanus. So there is, I think, a little bit uh, maybe better than maybe what we were uh, having to deal with, maybe with Jurgen Dom and Kubo Torres, where they pretty much, they had to go from zero. I mean, at least Moreno, he's going from a little bit of fitness and so it'll be mm -hmm. good to see how long and how many minutes he gets. I don't, I don't expect very many, to be honest. But uh, it'll be, you know, we'll all be looking forward to seeing our new DP on the pitch on Saturday. So, sure. uh, moving on from that, Ezekiel Parco, Mateo Sassetu, and Eric Lopez were seen at the stadium last night in a photo posted by Barco and Eric Lopez. Uh, so, yeah, we at least see. Barco, uh, you know, he's alive. He's, uh, <laughs> you know, he's in and Gosh. around the team. So that's good. But uh, as a, it's still, it's a mystery to why he's not playing. But, uh, you know, yeah. and so obviously, you know, both, uh, you know, the, the two latter ones are injured. Eric Lopez still cannot uh, take part because of a uh, lack of a roster spot. But, uh, Steven Glass did speak about Barco this week, and he did say he 100% sees him playing with the team for the rest of the year. And he said, quote, Ezekiel has been training. He is day-to-day. -day. I don't want to divulge what his injury is, but he's been carrying an injury that he's been able to train. He's been feeling things, and he's had a couple of setbacks. So there's nothing sinister going on with him. With all that said, what do you, what do you take away from this, man? I I don't like how the club's handling this, and I think they need to read the room a little bit because it's like definitely like fans are getting frustrated, people who cover the team are getting frustrated. Like nobody knows what's going on, and you know? like this isn't a knock, you know what I mean? Like they haven't come out um, and given any sort of definitive update in terms of what kind of injury he's dealing with or what exactly is keeping him out of the lineup. And so, you know, it's 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 just it's hard to say. I mean. Yeah, Steven Glass says he sees him playing with the team for the rest of the year. Does that mean he's going to be an Atlanta United player but not actually, you know, play? Um, ugh, I don't know, man. Yeah. It's just... It just brings it rife for speculation, for sure. A lot of people are yeah. speculating one thing, that maybe uh, he was holding out for a move. Uh, 
you know, obviously the window has passed, at least in uh, in Europe a little bit, so that it, it's a little less likely, possibly. Um, you know, it, was he holding out? Uh, was the team holding him back? Uh, you know, any of these things, we just don't know, obviously. I mean, they haven't said it. The transparency is obviously needed from the team. I think you're right. The reading of the room is super important right now because... I think the fans are getting, I think, restless about it. They, you know, they want to see the, uh, you know, one of the DPs play, and you know, however bad this injury is, at least let the public know. But um, yeah, moving on from that, uh, Joseph Martinez, he received an honor uh, as the best athlete uh, in 2020, uh, and he wrote a nice. Uh, nice little message. He said, great honor to receive the best athlete 2020 trophy from my beautiful city, Atlanta. Always, uh, you know, good to see the King get his due, whether this was for 2019 or maybe for 2020, not really sure, but you know, whether, uh, you know, he's getting a trophy. I'm, uh, I'm happy with that. That's, you know, I think keeping him happy during the time that he's injured. Totally good with that. Totally good with this. But, um, but anyway, uh, so moving on from that, John Gallagher and Brooks Lennon were named to the MLS Team of the Week. I think very much well-deserved for their performances against DC United. Uh, and Brooks Lennon, of course, uh, you put it up to vote. That's what we do. We, uh, <laughs> you stick the nail out, we're going to hammer it. And uh, yeah, he yeah. won the for the vote 54.01% of the MLS's, MLS Goal of the Week. So... You know, that's uh, really, I think, uh, just kind of what we do. But to you, <laughs> was it the best goal of the match? or Of the match? Yeah, of the match. Uh... Um, I think so, yeah, yeah. Because, okay. like, it's the whole thing, too. Like, the way he, like, flicks it over his head and brings it back. And then, like, that's supposed to be his weaker foot, you know? And so the way he catches that is just so sweet. Um, but that third goal was also pretty nice, you know. Like yeah. I think, in terms of like what we think of Atlanta United football, like mm-hmm. that's what we want to see. You know, you you said that um, on the fan cam, and so I totally agree. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I I'd probably give it to. I just love seeing that like individual effort. I guess. Yeah. Because you, you know, like every every player dreamed of catching it that sweetly. So I'm I'm happy for Lennon. That's true. That's true. Um, all right, so let's move on. Uh, Tata Martino and Frank de Boer, they faced off as Mexico and the Netherlands played a friendly, and it was a 1-0 win for Mexico at the end of the night. But, uh, yeah, I think mean, really interesting, obviously, because both former LA United head coaches. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think this before the match was, uh, I think, really poignant and always, I think, Tata Martino just knows the right thing to say most of the time. Uh, he said in a Zoom conference to the media that, uh, you know, between him and Frank DeBoer, it's a coincidence. What the two of us have in common is that we both spent time in a beautiful city like Atlanta. You know, that's just, mm, that's very smart from Tata Martino. He's, he has the keys to the city in Roswell. Yeah. You know, you might as well have a key to the city to Atlanta because, <laughs> at least as far as I'm concerned. He needs some sort of insignia in, in the bands. I don't know, like, if they do, like, the, the Ring of Honor thing or, yeah. you know, uh-huh. maybe a smaller statue or something. I don't know. But right. Tata at needs least to be a little mural, maybe, yeah. or something. You know, like, right. uh, like at least, uh, you know, a picture of him on one of the walls that's, like, a, a fairly seen and important wall. But, yeah. Uh, anyway, so let's move on. Speaking of the Benz, uh, yeah, I mean, the Benz will be using drones to help sanitize the Benz. Uh, the drones will reduce time spending cleaning the Benz uh, in terms of the seating bowl by 95%. And uh, the Falcons, of course, will also be uh, enjoying that type of uh, you know sanit- sanitization as well. But uh, interesting definitely i mean using technology in that regard i don't know how you know if it's just for optics mostly because i mean sure it might kind of you know clean the area a little bit but uh if you're getting into the nitty-gritty of it i don't know if it's doing a ton but i'm not a scientist (laughs) 
<laughs> no, that's what I was thinking too. Because, like, I mean, the you know, obviously, this is because of COVID. Yeah. Um, the biggest uh, risk is you know person to person transmission, right. and so like it doesn't like the virus doesn't live on the seat or whatever. But I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's not. I guess there's no reason not to do it. But yeah. um, in terms of uh, if and when they have fans. The most important thing to me, I don't look, I don't plan on going, mm-hmm. um, but to those who do go, the most important thing is following the protocol, you know, the distancing, the wearing of masks and so on. So um, if they do that successfully, then you're enough. Right, exactly. I think this is more to kind of maybe placate is a, a strong word, but, you know, I'm going to use it, placate the fans and hopefully, you know, seeing that the safety protocols are uh, at least being put in place. So, anyway, let's move yeah. on to Atlanta United 2. They unfortunately fell 3-1 to Miami FC to close out the 2020 USL Championship season. And uh, Jackson Conway, he, <coughs> excuse me, Jackson Conway scored his sixth goal of the season. And uh, But unfortunately, Miami scored three unanswered goals to pick up the victory. So, uh, Atlanta United 2, they finish with three wins, ten losses, and three draws. Uh, for a total of 12 points, finishing the USL season in fourth place in Group H. Uh, you know, I think we've talked about this, uh, I think, a lot. Obviously, Atlanta to play a lot of academy kids. They don't play a ton of veterans. And so, basically, they're it's kids going up against grown-ass adults. So, it's going to be, I think, what you expect. But I think uh, we saw a lot from Jackson Conway this season. We saw a lot from Mackie Jopp. Uh, we saw a lot, a lot from from Gannon, a lot from Mejia, a lot of these uh, these players that uh, I think could see a future at least, uh, you know, maybe more with the twos and maybe some with, uh, you know, Atlanta United, the first team in the future. So, uh, you know, good developmental I think season from the twos. So that does it for the news uh, and gets us to a little bit of a housekeeping. Follow our Twitch for watch-alongs and other fun stuff. Twitch.tv slash ATLUTDFanTV for more. So, let's get to the match preview. The big one over the weekend against New York Red Bulls. Our nemesis, I would say most fans would say this is our biggest rival. The biggest derby that we look forward to most of the time. But uh, it might be a little bit depressed uh, in terms of the hype nowadays because of this season both teams aren't doing really as well as uh, we both are expected to maybe expecting to but yeah it's this Saturday 6pm Mercedes-Benz Stadium uh, shown locally on Fox Sports South and MSG but uh, yeah I mean you know in terms of in the table uh, you know they're 7th we're ninth. Uh, we kind of slipped down because of a result from Montreal Impact last night so we could have been, it would have been maybe 7th and 8th, but it was not yeah. to be. But uh, in our last six against them, uh, they've unfortunately dominated it. Uh, four wins, eight goals. We only have one win with six goals. And then there's been that one draw in between. Of course, uh, we previously played them in the MLS's back tournament to that 1-0 loss. Well, it's was, it was a trio of 1-0 losses anyway, so that wasn't anything special. New York Red Bulls fans. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. In our current form, uh, we've we've lost three in our last six, won two, and drawn. Of course, previously with Orlando City. Uh, yeah, <laughs> New York Red Bulls. They uh, they've been consistently winning and losing. I guess in their last six, uh, with three losses and three wins. So it's definitely. Uh, you know, they're trying to find that consistent form as well. They last played Inter-Miami. They lost 2-1 on that Gonzalo Higuain. Just, uh, you know, it was pretty nasty. It was a pretty good free kick. He hasn't really, yeah. he didn't score any in Europe in terms of free kicks, but he's been on teams with uh, the likes of like Pirlo and, you know, Hazard and others. Ronaldo. Ronaldo. I mean, yeah, so he hasn't really had the, you know, opportunities per se, but, you know, he, uh, in, in terms of uh, New York Rebels, that's it's a heartbreaker way to lose. And so they'll probably be looking to yeah. uh, to rectify that as 
you know, yeah, kind of their. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, no. I was going to say they were up in this match one nil, and then they they yeah concede almost right away, and then yeah they lose on that free kick. So, um, but yeah, the Red Bulls. I mean, those three wins. That's three out of their last ten matches, and so they've definitely been trying to uh, find their form, find their identity as well. They also let go their manager they have announced a new manager so uh i don't think he's going to be on the bench uh on saturday but um you know. yeah it's still going to be a while before he can get in so let's get into right. it i mean yeah they uh they get their man in gerard struber uh he's apparently well known to the new york red bulls uh, at least uh you know i guess has a familiarity with the club uh, they did pay Barnsley a transfer fee, undisclosed, for his services. Uh, he was teaching over, or not teaching, but coaching over there in England. And uh, you know, in terms of, uh, in terms of the uh, the interim head coach that they have right now, Kevin Tellwell. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's basically kind of holding the fort down until uh, Struber gets in. It'll be six to eight weeks, apparently before they can get him across the water. So, yeah, we won't have that new manager bump with him there. Uh, that's good, at the very least. But, uh, right. All right, I'm sorry, uh, Bradley Carnell is the uh, interim head coach. But either way, um, yeah, in terms of that, you know, what we face in this current New York Red Bulls side, uh, you know, they, I think, are still trying to, to play the same way. Uh, you know, definitely, you know, press, press as high as possible. Uh, they don't really like to keep the ball. They're, uh, definitely a team that, you know, likes to play with the width and, uh, on set pieces, man, you got to watch out for them because they are very deadly with those as well. They have a lot of big guys or, you know, players that can win headers. So it's, uh, you know, they're, they're still at least in terms of us something to contend with they always play us tough uh and inter miami you know while they're a little bit struggling they are able to to get a win against them it's just you know it's it's 2020 i mean it's just you never know what's going to happen but in terms of some of the players to watch uh take it away mark yeah so of course we are very familiar with daniel royer you know he plays that attacking midfield forward role uh, he's always scores against goals. us. <laughs> always, just somehow. Ugh, so annoying. Ugh. Uh, he, he's got four goals, two assists on the season. Aku, of course, did talisman. He's got two goals and two assists on the season. And uh, Tom Barlow, another forward, uh, solid player. He's got two goals on the season. Yeah, and for Atlanta, uh, John Gallagher, of course, leads our team with three goals. Uh, Brooks Lennon has two goals and two assists. And Adam John has two goals and one assist. Uh, th- these are according to who scored. Now, MLSoccer.com has like pre-assists locked in as uh, you know the stat as well. So you might see Bruce right. Lennon have four assists uh, officially on the season, and it's because of that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think our forward line, those three have been, I think, the most consistent so far recently. And so uh, definitely those are the guys to watch out for if you're a New York Red Bulls fan watching this. Uh, for some reason, if you, you you like uh, you like the punishment or something, but uh, thanks, <laughs> yep, thanks. But uh, anyway, so uh, take away the uh, the injuries and availability report. So uh, they got defender up Patrick Segrist uh, with a groin injury. Uh, defender Amro Tarek uh, should be able to go. He's been dealing with a thigh injury, and midfielder Sean Davis should also be av- available, coming off of a knee injury. And then take away Atlanta as well, man. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, so Barco, I mean, we've talked about it. We don't know. He's day-to-day. I don't expect him to be available for this match. Uh, Hasetu is also uh, dealing with an injury, so probably will not be cleared for this match. Uh, Castillo might be available. He's week-to-week. Uh, I think he was dealing with a rib injury before, but... Uh, yeah, of course, we know that Joseph is out. We know that Kubo Torres is probably out for the season. Um, and until our roster situation changes, Eric Lopez will not be available for us. Also, due to yellow card accumulation, we don't have Miles Robinson available. We don't have Franco Escobar available. That's going to be tough, not having two starting level defenders uh, not available for this match in particular, I think. 
uh, where, you know, like we, you know, the coaches talked about it, we've talked about it, not conceding is the most important thing for us. And so to not have those two available hurts. I think Miles Robinson, we didn't really talk too much about him, but I do think he had a very good game versus Orlando. Um, he looked to be back, you know, in his uh, in his form, in his imperious form. So uh, I think that it's going to be a huge miss. So it'll be interesting to see how we line up uh, on Saturday. Indeed. I mean, it's uh, definitely going to be, uh, you know, a real mystery, I think. But, um, yeah, so in terms of uh, our opponent's previous 11, it looks something like this where – uh, Jensen was between the sticks. We have Egbo, Nealis, Long, and Duncan in the back line. Yearwood, Velo uh, in midfield. Shroud, Shroud rather, Tete and Masso uh, in attacking midfield. And Barlow up top. Uh, of course, you know, I think last time out against us, you know, in the MLS's back tournament, it looked a little bit different. It was a 4-4-2. They kind of switched between those two formations anyway. Uh, last time out, it was Jetson again. Uh, Duncan, Long, Tarek, and Pendant uh, in the back line. Below, Davis, uh, Casares Jr., and Kaku on the left there. And then Barlow and Royer up top. Uh, I think... Either way, they they uh, they shape up. It's going to be a high press. It's going to be a lot of herring when we have the ball, and they're going to be direct. And so, you know, that's what we expect. Uh, I don't expect them to probably try to play the possession game against us too much, especially away. So it'll be, uh, I think, a straightforward in terms of expectation, but easy to play against, not at all. So. <laughs> Let's get into our predicted starting 11. And uh, I think we pretty much, Sands, maybe where we place them, have the same exact 11. So let's get through the lines together. Guzan, obviously, there in between the sticks. Uh, had a great match last match. Uh, but let's get into the, the back line that is going to be a little bit of a mystery. Yeah, and so, well, you know, I think when you do process of elimination, um, so as we mentioned, no Escobar, no Miles. So I think you have to put Lennon, Brooks Lennon, at right back. And I think Walks retains his spot at center back. Hopefully Mason's ready to go. I think he should be um, as the under center back. And then Bello, of course, will be our left back. Right. Now, Bello, I mean, this will be his third straight match. Uh, well, I think maybe more than that, maybe fourth straight match uh, that he started. And uh, I think... He was he had to play the the full match last uh, on on Wednesday, and so it's going to be pretty difficult on Bello there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see you know maybe who can maybe step in and give him a breather maybe later on in the match if uh, if that's able to happen. But uh, yeah, Lennon he's been kind of the understudy at right back, so that makes sense. Although maybe you could see a white come in and you know maybe uh, you know spray some long balls. That could be, uh, I think, a good feature against a, a team that would, uh, you know, press a lot. But I also fear if uh, you bring Wyke in and against such a team that is just so dogged in pressing, it might scar him for her a while if uh, they just take the ball off him. So it's uh, it's something that we'll have to look out for, I think, in this back line. Definitely very makeshift indeed. Uh, but into the midfield. I think, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, Lorenowitz has started the last two matches. Like, there's no way I see him starting three matches in one week. So I do think Mo Adams retains his spot. It's kind of that DM role. I think Rometty comes back into the side. Steven Glass alluded to him needing rest, and I think he's probably gotten the rest that he needs. Um, and then I think Hyman also uh, retains his position. So that'll be our midfield three. It'll be interesting to see the roles. Uh, you expect Hyman to forward quite a bit you know combined with the forwards i think Rometty will probably uh do the box to box thing um mm -hmm. certainly you know supporting o adams as he sits deep uh so yeah we'll see we'll see how this uh this combo combination works yeah i mean they'll definitely be tasked with uh you know keeping the possession and keeping it tidy and it's very gonna be very very tough indeed against a yeah. new york rebel side but yeah. Up and uh, excuse me. Up into the uh, the forward line. Yeah, for me, it's uh, it's gonna be Gallagher on the left. It's gonna be Mulraney on the right coming in for well, in place of 
uh, Lennon's position. I don't think Dom is quite maybe ready to start a match yet, but come on later. Totally, totally uh, can see that. And then John up top for me. You have it slightly different. Yeah, I have uh, Gallagher on the right. I have Mulraney on the left. Um, and then obviously John in the middle. But uh, I think uh, we're going to look to find John with those early crosses. I think you saw some of that both against Orlando, certainly against DC. Um, and yeah, you know, I think, like I said before, I think the attack down the wings is the key for us. And so, uh, you know, we're definitely looking to see uh, Brooks Lennon and George Bellow get forward, combine with the wingers and, you know, hopefully produce a couple goals. Yeah, hopefully we do. I mean, yeah, I think at least we, I think we are playing a little bit more towards the strength of our uh, forward up top nowadays. Uh, you know, trying to play it to his head or at least get him to hold it up. Uh, he's been, I think, a mixed bag in terms of the hold-up play, but uh, hopefully he can continue to improve on that and, uh, you know, we can play off of him more so. But uh, let's get into what we'd like to see the team do in this match. Uh, i like to see us play with more directness, uh, play with more verticality, hit him on the counter quickly and efficiently like they do against us. Um you know, kind of lull them maybe into some possession, uh, you know, maybe mm -hmm. do sit back at times and try to see if they can break us down. And then, you know, we can try to hit them. And I think we have some guys that can do that, that type of, uh, that work, especially I think Gallagher, he's been left up top, uh, on at times during our uh, set pieces. So, you know, he's that outlet that we can possibly find. Uh, but we conversely need to watch out for that ball over the top from them as well. They tore us apart in the MLS's back tournament with that that first goal that uh, or the, the goal that they scored against us. Uh, a little too easy, it really seemed. So, you know, and then also don't play into their pressing traps. So if we need to lump it, let's lump it. Let's, uh, if we have to play ugly, it's just, this is that type of match where it's just, okay, you know, we excuse it for this one. But... Uh, what, what, what else would you like to see? Um, definitely keep it solid at the back. Don't get, uh, you know, opened up like they were uh, in the MLS's back matchup. Um, and yeah, just look to get forward again, uh, get the fullbacks forward, look to create mismatches. Um, I think that's really the key for us getting a result here. Um, I do like the idea of rolling them into possession. You know, I don't think they're a team that's comfortable with the ball too much. And so, uh, you know, sitting, knowing when to sit off and then knowing when to uh, press and hit him on the break, I think, is the key to us getting at least a point out of this. Right. So let's get to the odds according to BetMGM. And LA United have a 44.4% chance to win. We are at home. Uh, draw is at 21.1%. And then New York Rebels have a 34.5% chance to win. So, yeah, we're pretty heavily favored, even though they're higher up on the table. And uh, in terms of us, we don't have a DP that's available, probably. I mean, would you, yeah, we basically don't expect Barco to play, even though, uh, you know, he could be available. We don't know. We don't know. But, uh, yeah, still seeing those odds, very interesting. So, with all that being said, let's get into our score prediction. What do you think is going to happen? I think it's going to be 2-2. I do think that there will be some goals in this. Um, you know, it's that nil-nil versus Orlando, I think, is a little bit deceiving because there could have been goals either way. And I expect a similar kind of matchup, uh, kind of up and down, not too much uh, building out of the back from either team. I don't expect that anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I think we'll end up seeing two goals from each team. That would be uh, much much more exciting than what I have expected. Uh, well, I, a little bit more exciting. I have a 1-1 draw uh, as well. It's a draw. I think, uh, yeah, I think it's just going to be a little bit of a slog in some respects, but also um, I think some good fight as well. I think you'll see, I think, good pressing. You'll see... Uh, some exciting moments but i think at the end of the day there's nothing in between these two teams so you know i think at home recently it's just it's going to be difficult for us to dominate teams we just haven't been doing that so uh don't see the win indeed but let us know what you guys think is going to happen let us know in the comments below so that pretty much does it for the show except for the question of the day 
The question of the day is, how do you feel about our recent form? We have two wins in our last four. Is it encouraging signs for you? Let us know in the comments below as well. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us. If you haven't already, share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Mark, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah!